0: You are listening to Rouge White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Today day slash happy us independence day edition i'm oz davis i'll be your co-host for the show and joining me as always is the indomitable joe
1: bridger joe how's it going i don't think i've ever been called that before you like that that's was, that's was pretty good i think huh? i that's do awesome. i think i do okay.
0: Okay, so before we do anything, at the top of this show, we usually like to do the news. However, there isn't much news. Uh, there's a little bit, but we'll talk about that in a bit. However, the big news, I think, of the week, Joe, is 4-4-4, four four, 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 4 4 We had Josh Smith of PodSkiWeeWee on last week, and all three of us nailed all four of these games. Got to admit, wasn't too tough. Four home teams, three of which had double-digit point spreads at the sportsbook, took a bit of a miracle slash collapse in calgary but you're feeling good about yourself joe right you played all these on Pick'em, right oh of course nice
1: nice and actually i'm getting i'm getting into the bad habit of literally doing it as we are talking about the uh talking about them so i don't forget to enter them
0: well, at least you remember to do it, man. It's like half the time I forget. It's a simple thing, and yet I forget to do it. It's like I'm, I'm sick. I got this mental block about it. Probably because I took such a bath two years ago. In any case, all right, let's talk about some of these games this week during the Canada Day weekend up there. And by the way, I just – okay, I'm going to pick this nit right up front. Okay, Calgary Day. Right Red and white everywhere, you know, every team on the sidelines has red and white decor and clothing and whatnot, right? And yet, and yet, (laughs) the Calgary Stampeders come out there in the red and the black. Ugh! Why not red and white, Calgary? In any case, that's a small nitpick. I, I, I just, I got this thing about their red and black uniforms. Anyway. Let's talk about this first game, which we figured would be the game of the week going in, which uh, the Forecasters had as the closest game of the week coming in, and which my co-host Joe is very happy about. Winnipeg Blue Bombers twenty eight, Edmonton Eskimos twenty one. Now, to use a metaphor from another sport, Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna serve up the alley oop for you. and You can slam this one home. Uh, have you been? Haven't you been saying something on this show and on Twitter maybe about the 2019 Edmonton Eskimos and their apparent lack of killer instinct?
1: Kinda. I mean, <laughs> once in a while. I mean, it, it might come up. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, every third sentence or something like that. Yeah, like. Edmonton. The reason I picked Edmonton so low coming into the season is because they've had the penalty issues over and over and over again, and there's a combination of that and the fact that I like Trevor Harris as a quarterback, but for some reason it seems like his teams are a little bit less than they could be when you look at the yards, yards, and, the, and compare them, comparing them to the score. And we saw a perfect example of this this week. Richie Call decided to sit back and let Trevor Harris have his short passes, which he is very, very good at and very, very accurate at. The problem in the Canadian game with having the short passing game be your main source of offense is that, yes, you're going to get your five yards on first down, and sometimes you get your 10, even your 15 on second down. That's great. But one incompletion can completely screw your drive if that's the way you go. And we've <laughs> saw that over and over and over again. Three, four, five first downs just moving right down the field, making it look like the bombers couldn't stop them. And then the bombers force one incompletion and all of a sudden here's Sean White. And that I, happened all game I,
0: long. I could not figure out what I was watching. I couldn't figure out what I was watching. And and you might also add, you know, to the fact that Trevor Harris, you know, had not exactly what he wanted out there. I mean, his completion rate was only about 65%. So he didn't actually have everything he wanted out there, but on on the middle of the field, on the short yardage plays. Yeah, yeah, he picked and chose his spots, right? I'm not so sure. I mean, in addition to that, I would also say that uh CJ Gable was active. I mean, seventeen carries. Look, the thing. I mean, again, I wasn't even sure what I was watching because I had this sense where it was the Eskimos constantly had the ball, yet weren't putting it in the end zone, and you know the 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 bombers were winning throughout. We can talk about the bombers momentarily, but jeez. Okay, so then I went and I looked at the numbers on this thing. Have you looked at the numbers on this game, Joe?
1: I haven't, but I have a very good sense of what you're going to tell me.
0: Here we go. 93 snaps. 93 snaps Edmonton took. This blows my mind, okay? That's against 51 for the Bombers. So, my favorite stat, time of possession would pretty much be what you think, right? It's about 36 uh, minutes, uh, 36 and a half minutes, to about 23 and a half minutes. That's like 50% more time Edmonton had the ball. Trevor Harris has 54 pass attempts, zero touchdowns. Zero turnovers, but zero touchdowns. What? I mean, how does that happen? Um, You know, they had... Five plays over 20 yards, if you include one of the kickoff returns, and no plays over 27 yards. I mean, what is this offense? It made no sense to me. And and it's not like... The Blue Bombers are one of the best, you know, wrap them up in the open field teams. You know, it's not like they're one of the best tackling teams in the CFL. They give up a lot of points in the open field. Okay. They give up a lot of yards after carry, uh, yards after catch, as they say. But, you know, I mean, what is this game plan, Joe? Do you have any clue? I mean, what is this?
1: Uh, it's, it plays to, <laughs> it plays to Harris' strengths. It really does because he's a very huh. accurate passer. But they're really giving
0: themselves no room for error. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you who, whose stats it's good for. It's good for Sean White. That's what it's good for. Uh, seven for seven on field goals in this game to account for all the Edmonton points. And again, this blows my mind as well. Um, as for the Bombers, Joe, I, I thought basically, I mean, I know it's foolish. No lead is safe and all that. Um, you know, the Eskimos low watt offense notwithstanding. Uh, but I thought that this 75 yarder to answer the, the field goal, uh, in the first quarter was, was kind of a, kind of a nuke, kind of a nuclear bomb. I never felt the Eskimos were going to get back in it after that.
1: Well, they, I mean, they clearly got back into it, but, uh, I really feel like they were in it the whole way. At the same time, the Bombers were able to do what the Eskimos could in just a few... in, uh, like, half the plays. Right. Right. It, it's, right. it's all well and good to move the ball up and down on the field, but the Bombers were finishing finishing. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, one mm-hmm. time, they finished from a long way away, but they were finishing what they started. Sometimes, they wouldn't even get started, but then when they got started, they made something of it.
0: Matt Harris... Uh,
1: <laughs> Matt Harris...
0: I'm sorry. Uh, I was, I was com- combining the two here. Matt Nichols just 13 of 21 for just 200 yards, but three touchdowns. That's gotta be some kind of weird efficiency st- statistic right there. Andrew Harris 41, 41 yards rushing, only 58 total yards, but a touchdown. Crazy. You know, again, it's one of those situations where if I tell you this before the game, do you think the Bombers win? The answer is, hmm. Probably not. Uh, to think that your opposing quarterback could take 52 pass attempts and you lose is
1: pretty amazing. Uh, well, actually, what you, actually, I find that teams, when they throw the ball up that often, are usually trying to catch up. Well, they're playing from behind.
0: Yeah. But uh, from your perception, they were never really out of it. I, ne- I mean, I never really thought they were in it. After the end of that first quarter. But, you know, I guess on the scoreboard, they were still in it. They even made it a little bit close in the third quarter. Uh, no, I'm sorry, in the, yeah, in the third quarter, I guess. Uh, but, I don't know. I don't know. I was just, I was just never buying it. So, what do you like about your bombers in this game? What do you like about them going forward? Because obviously, very low statistic,
1: high efficiency game. Well, that's exactly it. They were able to be efficient, and they made the most of the few opportunities they were getting. Uh, the defense played pretty well. Uh, it was clearly a scheme thing in my pers- in my mind anyway to let Harris have the short passes uh, throughout the game, really. Uh, but they were able to make tackles. They didn't let a guy catch a ball right. five yards downfield and turn it into a forty-five yard game.
0: Right. Which they've often
1: done in the past. Oh yeah. They were yeah, yeah. they were locked down on that and they made Harris have to be perfect. And Harris wasn't perfect, so they weren't scoring touchdowns. <laughs>
0: now they get Ottawa next week and Ottawa is capable of big plays. So they'll have to adjust that game plan a little bit.
1: Oh absolutely. But here's here's another thing I wanted to point out too. Uh penalties. Thirteen for yes. one thirty nine for Edmonton. Uh mm. Only four on offense, so not too many drive killers, uh, but enough on defense to really help the Bombers move the ball down right. the field that one time, or early in the game. Uh, and special teams, they were having worse field position because they kept committing penalties on special teams, too. So you start Trevor Harris back further down the field, that's another a couple first downs he's got to ac- accomplish on the other end that he wasn't able to do.
0: Mm-hmm. If I recall correctly on three of the four drives on which the bombers scored the touchdown, there was a key penalty, if I recall correctly. Um so, yeah, 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 penalties ate them up uh this week.
1: Yeah. So you can see you can see that Edmonton's clearly a very talented team and if they clean this up, they're going to scare the pants off of me. But until they do, <laughs> uh, it's just one of those things where it's like you could be a lot more than you are right now. And mm-hmm. Some people point the blame at the coaching staff. Some people point the blame at the players. If they can get it cleaned up, they're in good shape. If they don't, we're going to be sitting here talking about them in November going, why are they on the road for the playoffs?
0: (laughs) Well, Well, see, this is what bothered me, though, about all this dink and dunk stuff, right? I mean, you've got Kenny Stafford. You went out and got Keddy Stafford. You went out and you brought over Greg Ellingson. Now, now, Greg was not a huge yardage guy last season in terms of, you know, yards before the catch. But, jeez, he had some nice receptions last year. He had some nice gains, you know, in, in a lot of games. You know, these are long, uh, route guys here, at least medium round guys. I mean, what the hell are you doing? i throwing them 10 and seven yard passes. But anyway, enough ranting about how badly, uh, Edmonton played. They didn't play. So badly, just just inefficiently.
1: I would say, right, they played. They actually played the a very skillful game. Sure, but yeah, the way that they managed the game was how <laughs> was how it killed was what killed them. Yeah. And Matt yeah. Nichols could sit there and go yeah. and go joke about the game manager label, but <laughs> he was hmm. he was the one that was able to put the ball in the end zone. I yeah. don't know if if you play this game five times and put these numbers out there the same way they are. Edmonton probably wins three, maybe four, but not the, not this time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. All right. So good on the, the Bombers who stay undefeated going into the matchup against Ottawa. Wow. That should be a good one. In any case, here's one that wasn't very good. Hamilton Tiger Cats 41, Madra Alouette's 10. Uh, personally speaking, for podcast purposes, the bad news is, is that I don't have a beer for this segment, and since we don't have a guest, I can't leave everybody else to go talk about it. The good news is I do have some tequila. So I am drinking that to ease my pain. I haven't been drinking it continuously since this game, but I could very well have. Look, Montreal is very bad. Um, yes, of course, I don't think that anybody—the third, or maybe it's the fourth time around now—is going to expect Vernon Adams Jr. to be the savior for this team. But wow, I mean, he's turning in mundane stats, and and I know we had Tyler Loeffler back, but there are times when this defense shows greatness. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say greatness, but but very interestingness. Let's say, I mean, we do get a lot of interceptions. From this secondary, that's for sure, but just just a a, a depressing game, even when they brought up Matt Schultz to play in the fourth quarter, Rod Black could not get excited enough to make a verbal flub, and actually, I wanted to ask you this one, Joe, do you think that when they brought in Schultz that they automatically put Rod Black on the five second tape delay? Hmm. <laughs> it, <laughs>
1: Do you mean he wasn't already? <laughs> he may be. He may be. But then
0: you know, in fairness, we might not get anything if they really like took care of business at TSN. In any case, um, I don't know. I I just don't know what to say about these Alouettes. I mean, Joe, can, can you still visualize eight wins for these guys? No. <laughs> okay. Alright. Let's let's move on then. Joe, I'm gonna let you indulge in what's gonna become one of our favorite games this season, apparently. How good are these Tie Cats?
1: Very, very good. Uh they took care of business in a game that had trap written all over it. Yes. Yes, good point. Good point.
0: Yes, I hadn't considered that. Uh of course we have to do this all again next week. Um are are we ready to call I'm still kind of a truther are we ready to call Jeremiah Massoli elite?
1: I think so. I think it's Uh
0: nice. okay. okay. The three picks doesn't bother you.
1: I'd prefer they weren't there and I'd love <laughs> to see him do a little bit more in the playoffs but he's yeah. doing enough he's doing enough that he's not just get, not just accumulating statistics he is making things happen. Uh-huh. And that's yes. something that I am yes. having issues with a, uh, a quarterback we were just talking about. <laughs> it, it feels like every so often that Trevor Hurst is just accumulating numbers as opposed to stretching defenses and making and making things happen. So...
0: Yeah, that's always been my thing about Mazzoli too, is stat guy, stat guy, stat guy, but let's <clears throat> let's win the big one, right? Let's let's win those games down the stretch. Uh it remains to be seen if he can do this, but wow, I mean some gaudy numbers here. 417 yards passing, uh one TD. The majority of those, all but 42 of those, going to Brandon Banks, uh Braylon Addison, and Sean Thomas Erlington, who is who's becoming a darling boy over there this year. Um is Missoli peaking this year, or is this the beginning of a three or four, five, six year run?
1: He's still young enough to have a run, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's just gonna be a one or two year wonder.
0: Do you think if he if he gets to the Great Cup this year, even if he wins the Great Cup this year, it'd be still your beating heart Joe, I I realize. But uh does does he get the tryouts with the NFL teams on the off season? Does he get the practice squad look?
1: I might be too late for that, hmm. as far as okay. his age goes. Because let me, let me mm-hmm. check. I feel like he's closing in on thirty, if I'm not mistaken. And I, and with the NFL being the way yep. they are, yep. thirty years old. Yep, they've got a uh, they've got an image in their head of what a quarterback is supposed to be, and a thirty year old from Canada is not what they have in mind when they think about a franchise quarterback. Ah, he played an old miss. Man. And Oregon. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's probably right. Probably probably a pipe dream. So so come on, Jeremiah, win some great cups. But not this year for the bombers' benefit, please. Although although your idea I I I'm being, I'm becoming as obsessed with uh your idea of the, the Winnipeg um Hamilton switch off for the next five years. I'm I'm starting to visualize this, Joe. It's, it's, it's
1: and it would scary. terribly break my heart for it to have for for Hamilton to beat Winnipeg this year, but if that meant Winnipeg beat, beat Hamilton next year in Regina, and you told me I could make that call right now, I would <laughs> so do it because I'd love the Bombers to be the team that won the first preseason game in that new stadium, the first regular season game, the first playoff game, and the first Grey Cup. That would run the gamut, and that we could lord over Ryder fans forever.
0: (laughs) Nice. I mean, not that you're motivated by fandom
1: or anything, Joe. No, no, not at all, not at all. In any
0: case, game three.
1: Uh,
0: Pretty good game, in fact. Really good game for about, what? Let me do the numbers on this real quick. I think this is about ninety. for a little bit less, about 93% of the game for BC Lions, who lost to the Calgary Stampeders in Calgary 35-32. Wow. I mean, okay. How awesome was this collapse by the Lions? I'm going to frame it like that, Joe, because, I mean, yes, we can talk about Mr. Arbuckle's miracle and all that, but... I am biased. I am seeing this as a total just fail, just malfunction after the three-minute warning went off on the part of the Lions. You? Do you see it that way? Isn't
1: this everything we've been talking about with BC all year? With the, it's going to be a slow start. They have a lot of talent, and they will make some noise, but they're not ready yet.
0: But they were great the first 57 minutes. Yeah, they were. They were exactly, they were who they thought we were. (laughs) Right, I mean they were up. Okay, okay. So so basically, here's my summary of the game. You know, because wow, I was just th- this was a fun game to watch for me because you know this is the BC Lions I've been waiting for. They went up twenty two to one at one point. Great score by the way. Twenty two to one at one point. They went into halftime okay 22 to 10 after uh Stamps put together a bunch of points there at the end. Again, I don't like I don't think the coaching is organized enough. I think there was some uh disorganization going on for 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 the Stamps to get this many points there on that one touchdown basically. Uh okay, so you know, the third fourth quarter they're trading points a little bit. 32 20. You know, BC still got a nice lead. Bo Levy Mitchell gets knocked out of the game. 3 minute warning. And then, and then, Nick Arbuckle takes over, goes nine for nine. Okay, he had 12 snaps. Uh, no, 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 I think, uh, 18 snaps, is, uh, 16 snaps is what I counted at. He went nine for nine on passing, he got sacked once, fair enough. Four rushing plays, all for positive yardage, uh, one for, one plunge for touchdown. Three penalties called on BC, two accepted, and, uh, partridge in a pear tree, I guess. But within this drive, within this three minutes, Calgary even ran the onside kick. And and basically, these days, who loses an onside kick? There's another big penalty by BC. Finally, Riley gets the ball back in crunch time. Incomplete sack, fumble, game over. I mean, wow. I mean, that's – that is, as the kids used to say, epic. That is amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, That's incredible. There, there's hardly cool.
1: any words for it.
0: Okay, one question, one thing that that yeah. came to mind for me was okay. Again, Bo Levy is kind of sputtering in the first quarter. guess other members on on both Calgary offense and defense are you know looking a little bit shaky. Of course, you know, again, they had to change half their starting lineup from last year. We we do that coming in the season, but Bo is looking slow. Bo is looking off in his timing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Does some of this have to do with the fact that the CBA had guys sticking uh, staying out of camp? Staying out of preseason games?
1: No, I don't I don't, you think, don't think so. No, hmm. I don't think that lasted long enough to have a real effect on things.
0: Hmm. Okay, cuz it seems to me that Bo still looks slow. And it seems to me that this was the first game that Mike Riley looked good in. And again, he was another guy that didn't do much in the, in the preseason. Um, and I was just, I was just kind of wondering if, you kind of wonder if maybe in the CFL, sometimes teams shouldn't start the season with their number one quarterback. I know that kind of sounds like heresy, but, You know, I I feel like, especially if you're going to sit your number one guys in the preseason, maybe you should, like, kind of break them in during the regular season, too. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's just a thought that occurred to me because you hate to see Bo Levy go down. I mean, we've gotten spoiled. He's gone so many seasons now, barely missing a quarter uh, due to injury, and it looks like uh that it will definitely miss this week. We actually don't know as of the recording of this podcast on July third. Uh we actually don't know. However today they did say, let's see, I've actually got the line right here. Uh stamp seeking second opinion on Mitchell injury. Uh, apparently there was of course an initial MRI done on the what was it? Leg or arm injury? I'm not even clear on that.
1: I think it's uh, a shoulder injury. Shoulder and injury, I right. he had this, a little bit of something going on last year, too, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So I, we, you have to wonder if this is a carryover, if something's tearing in there. And when mm-hmm. you just think about this being a long-term thing, and it felt like Bo was a little bit off last year, too, uh, just from what he had. From the heights he had been at, it just felt like last year was a right. little bit out of sync. That first week of the season, he was missing wide-open guys that could have to that Ottawa game. You just got to wonder if there is something actually pretty wrong now.
0: Okay, so, of course, the big question in CFL land, at least as far as the official website and some other outlets are concerned, is how good can the Stamps be with Arbuckle? I mean, again... This game kind of seemed like, if you want to put a positive spin on it for Calgary's side, it kind of seemed like, again, a triumph of the system, right? Plug and play. Of course, there is kind of that element of we have so little game film on our buckle that is tough to plan for him. You know, we had planned for Bo all week, and so he's surprising us a little bit with his calls. Uh, but how, how far can they go?
1: Well, are you asking me if Bo is out for a week or out for a month or out for a well, year yeah. okay let's say let's say they put him on the six game list right that's
0: a common thing to do for cfl teams let's say they put him on the six game list we know he's not going to play this week uh the book already likes the riders over them next week but we'll talk about that shortly um i mean like let's say let's say six game six game list
1: from what little I've seen and the knowledge I have that Calgary has a very cohesive system and Arbuckle's been in that system for over a year now, I'd say that they could probably bat about 500 until Bo gets back. Okay. Just from what I know. I mean, I haven't seen anything negative about Arbuckle, that's for sure. Right. <laughs> but I haven't seen All that much either, so it's hard to really guess, but just the system itself and making the assumption that Arbuckle is an average quarterback just from what we've seen, I will say that, yeah, they could probably stay afloat.
0: Yeah, see, last year they were very good at this. You talked about Bo Levy seeming, you know, not 100% for a lot of the season. They were great at killing the clock last year. They were great at pounding it when they needed to, getting those yards after the catch, you know, extending the play and, you know, again, killing clock. They were were the masters of clock killer last year. Now, upcoming for Calgary is at Saskatchewan, at Hamilton. (laughs) Tough one there. Versus Toronto at Ottawa versus Edmonton and then at Winnipeg in week nine. Wow. So that would be a sixth game without Bo Levy Mitchell. So eh, three and three might even be wishful thinking against that uh, stretch. That feels more like a two and four. But I mean, again, we don't even know as of this recording, the extent of the injury. I'm sure we'll find out by game time. I'm sure they'll tell us something. Well, I'm not sure. (laughs) But. I'm thinking that they will tell us something. Um, all right. Let's talk minimally about this last one. Saskatchewan Roughriders 32, Toronto Argonauts 7. I was telling Joe about this before the show, so I'll just I'll just repeat myself here. Why not? I'll record it for posterity. Uh, you know, watching this uh, – I, I was watching it the day after. I was watching it on my ESPN Plus app or my Sling TV or something like that. ESPN 3, I don't know, something like that. And – uh you know, so I say I noticed that uh, the time on this thing is like over four hours. And while I was hoping for a masterful quadruple overtime in which Toronto discovers an offense, instead we got the classic lightning delay game. Can I blame this on climate change,
1: Joe? Uh, you know, well, you can blame it for having seized the season start as early as it does now. Right. I'm sure that right. doesn't exactly help the cause on that front. Right, right. Uh, I do want to make one uh, one correction from earlier. I said the Bombers won the first preseason game at New Mosaic. They actually tied with the Riders. But given no. that the Riders didn't win, that's kind of a win for Bomber fans mm-hmm. anyway. So I'm It's, a
0: moral, it's uh, a moral victory.
1: All I have to say about this game is Toronto is bad. Franklin is hurt. They don't really have... Uh, much behind him if they had anything to begin with there it's going to be a long one in toronto i i'm more worried about the seven win prediction i made for toronto than i am (laughs) about the eight win prediction i made for montreal
0: well let me tell you this my all-time worst prediction is probably already sealed and that is there will not be a crossover this season so i'm ready to throw that one away i was with i think five percent on that one i've taken a chance taking a chance on that one but i think that is gone and buried the possibility of that i just wanted to note that another wacky statistic that last week six of the seven other teams scored more in their single game than toronto has in both their games uh this season and i can i'm sure you don't need to know which team did not meet that 21 total points by the Argonauts. Ooh,
1: the Argonauts, ooh, I know this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah, the Atlantic Scooters, in fact. the uh, <laughs> In fact, yeah, I mean, to me, the Argonauts are lifeless. They they really have just nothing. And uh, now I guess they have less than nothing with Franklin probably at least uh, – probably out for next week, I'll, I'll call it. Um, right. right. I think he uh, have ended up seen... on the
1: sixth game, so I think he's definitely out. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah, I hadn't seen that.
0: Um, okay. Uh, can you, I mean, like, like tone down the, the fandom to like a, an eight. Um, can you say anything positive about the Riders? Because they're just not blowing me away right now.
1: Well, well, here, here's something definitely positive for the Riders. They have a backup quarterback that they can rely on. Given that, mm-hmm. and I actually asked the Piffles podcast guys this earlier. I asked them if Fajardo is now the starter, or, mm-hmm. or is he now considered the starter, or is he the backup? Because the most popular person in Saskatchewan is always the backup quarterback. But <laughs> is, but is Fajardo so far along now that he's now the starter and the most hated guy in Saskatchewan, or is he still loved? And I'm waiting <laughs> on the answer for that. But they, but in all seriousness, it looks like they have at least something there. I didn't see it, I'll be honest. (laughs) When he was in Toronto or BC, they always seemed to keep him in the short passing game and the rollouts, Uh, but the last couple games, numbers are starting to spin on the scoreboard. And that's something that Ryder fans probably weren't expecting a whole lot of this year out of their quarterbacks. So if they've got that and they can find that defense again that they had last year, They could be knocking on the door first place eventually here. Wow Joe, you're out of
0: control now. Alright. In any case, let's go we'll talk next week's games. In just a moment, we'll take a break and be right back on the Bruce White and Blue CFL podcast. Podcast with me, Oz Davis, my co-host Joe Pritchard, and let's talk next week's games. Now, next week's games, <laughs> next week's games, we got some real interesting uh, situations happening. Oh, I love this part of the year, year week four. Things are starting to really, the plot is starting to thicken, shall we say? After Canada Day, right? Take a look at this one. Love this line: Hamilton Tiger Cats are twelve point favorites at Montreal. Now, I don't even know what the over/under is, but you're tempted to go over based on Hamilton's score alone. I mean, uh, I I just don't see how Montreal puts up any points. And uh, you know, like we talked about before, I think Mazzoli and 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 this offense really is, is starting to peak. I mean, I don't mean like like for the season, but I mean like like career wise, you know, they're starting to peak. They're they're starting to go on a historic arc here, maybe. So I mean, even in the short term, this is. Destruction.
1: Yeah, uh, Montreal is on a list right now that I have created in my head that says, oh, "No, I am going to wait for this team to show me some signs of life before I would ever think to pick them in Pickle." So yeah. Hamilton, it is. And as far as the points go, I don't. I think this is one where the points don't matter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. What I mean. Honestly, now, you're going to have to do the thing where on them you pick the points scored in this game. Okay, so what are you going to go with? Are you doing it right
1: now? <laughs> uh, well, let me do that right now. Okay,
0: go for it. How many points? And meanwhile, I'm going to look at our schedule, the Alouette schedule, and see when they get the Argonauts.
1: Okay. I oh, I great. Just, I just, Week
0: 11. <laughs> I just stuck Fantastic. my thumb
1: randomly, and it says 48 points, so this will be a 45 to 3 game.
0: Right. Okay, there you go. See, I guess I was going to ask you, okay, how many touchdowns? And the answer is uh, six is the over-under on touchdown differential in this game, according to the Joe Pritchard Sportsbook.com. Right. Uh, attention, not a real website. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Now, this one blew me away, and I can't wait to hear what you think about this. Winnipeg Blue Bombers, three-and-a-half-point underdogs. At Ottawa. Now, this smells suspiciously like a home team. Three and a half points. I think Vegas secretly wants to make this a pick Joe, what do you think about this line? Is this an insult?
1: Nope. That's what I took out of it, too. It, Vegas yeah. is seeing two teams that are... Uh, two, they're both 2-0, and o, correct? They both had buys already. Yes. Yep. Okay, so they're yep. both 2-0. and o, And Vegas is just like, well, we don't actually watch the games, so... <laughs> Two and 0 what? Two and oh three and a half. Okay, that sounds good. They know what's going on. They
0: know what's going. On. They do pretty well at this, man. There's a reason why Vegas stays open 24
1: hours. That is true. Uh, uh,
0: they got the money. Right. So who are you
1: going with? I'm what, going what do you see? For- I'm going with the Bombers. I, okay. I just have a lot more faith in how they're constructed than I am in Ottawa. Uh, I. Davis has definitely shown me a little bit of something, especially in Week 2. But he's still kind of on my let's-wait-and-see list before I get too excited. Because it's two games, and he had multiple chances to take the Winnipeg job. Especially when we had a guy named Drew Willy around. So I'm not going to get too overly excited about him uh, until... He's shown that he can do this more than a couple times. Hmm.
0: Okay, well, to make it, I mean, like, like I said, I feel like this is a pickem. I'll tell you what, I would not bet this game. <laughs> I will, I will not bet this game, uh, in terms of the point spread. I, I just, I, I, it's this, this, this feels like the kind of game where you look back on the season and you go, yeah, yeah, they lost that one. You know, Winnipeg. Uh, you know, Ottawa's at home. They, they've got off to the hot start. Yeah, they haven't had to play Hamilton yet. They've gotten off to the hot start. You know, I, I can see Winnipeg try. I mean, Winnipeg won't go undefeated against the East, right? I mean, they're going to lose like a couple of these games against the East, you would think. So. I guess I'll go Ottawa just to make things interesting. I mean, last year, uh, last week we lined up four, 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 four all the way across. So, I'll I'll go with Ottawa in this game. What the hell?
1: Okay. What the hell? Okay. I have a feeling we're going to disagree on the last one too. So, uh, uh probably. All right. So you've got Ottawa. I've got the winning team. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? You know what
0: though? Okay. If there were a gun to my head and I had to bet, here's how I bet this one. I would take uh, Ottawa to win on the money line because you'll get good odds on that because they're the underdog here. Uh, no, they're not the underdog, but you'll get good odds because it's a pick 'em basically. And then I would take Winnipeg plus the points that way. I could cash in on either one on a close game. So uh, that's the way I would play that. If I had to, in other words, like if that was the only CFL game and I was in Las Vegas that night, that's what I would bet. In any case, so I'd probably get 50, 50 in any case. All right, let's go. BC lions. Touchdown favorite, seven-point favorite at Toronto. <laughs> I mean, with the way BC has been blowing games or just incomprehensible in games, it's kind of surprising that they're getting a touchdown at anybody, but Toronto is really awful. Uh, I, I I would take the Lions to minus the point here. I I think that the Lions um, showed what they're capable of last week, and I think they're going to be the scary Lions this week.
1: Yep. Toronto and Montreal are both on my list of, they gotta be, show me that they're, they're frisky again before I touch them. So BC for sure.
0: They gotta show you a pulse. Uh, let's see. Okay. And the last one. Hey, closing out the week with probably a good one. Calgary Stampeders. Three and a half point underdogs at Saskatchewan. Uh, clearly the book does not have all that faith in Arbuckle. Uh, this too looks like a pick uh, do you want to go first on this one, Joe?
1: Yeah. Or I can. Yeah, okay, sure. go for it. you got a backup quarterback going into Regina against a team that really needs this one. Uh, I can't, don't see how you don't pick the Riders here.
0: Um. Well, to be contrarian. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is probably another one of those where ultimately I'm going to look back and go, yeah, okay, it was logical. that Saskatchewan, even though they went like 6-12, and 12, won that game. Okay, I, I can believe that. I'm just, I'm just, bari- yeah, I'm just and, bearish. And, and the
1: Rider this. fans seem to hate Calgary with a fiery passion, so <laughs> even if there's not much going on game-wise that'll get them fired up, just seeing Calgary will usually makes them lose their collective minds. So I, They I, see Red They do see Red <laughs>
0: In fact, except for the colorblind folks in the audience, of course, because they're playing the green Saskatchewan riders. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what the hell? I'll live dangerously. I would, again, let's apply that same strategy. Gun to my head, I'm betting in Vegas. Uh, let's say Calgary wins in a close one here. Um, I believe in the system. I believe in the running game. I don't think Saskatchewan is that great. And I, and I think that, you know, Nick Arbuckle will probably play better than Franklin did last week.
1: Well, that's a given.
0: So, yeah, so there you go. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm, I know I'm crazy for saying this, but I don't think, necessarily think going into a giant is that scary, uh, for most of this team. And I don't think Arbuckle will be shaken. I mean, yeah, he's had the, we always used to joke about how he had the easiest job in the CFL there for a couple, three years, but I can't believe he'll be rattled. I mean, he certainly looked damn cool under
1: pressure last week. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, he sure did. He didn't have time to get nervous, that's for sure.
0: Right! No joke, huh? No joke, but mixed it up. I mean, again, wow, just that last three minutes, wow, just mixed it up nicely. Runs and passes, you know, after he got hit the one time, you know, he stayed at harm's way after that. Uh, just really well done by Arbuckle. I hope, I hope he plays well this week, to be honest. Uh, having no pony in that particular race, I hope he plays well. I think that would be a nice story. It would be nice to see that. you know? Long-time bench player makes good. Uh, not that I was the last guy picked last all the time or anything. In any case, uh, Joe, take us out of here, man. What do you What do you got to say for yourself?
1: Well, uh, I guess we never played sports <laughs> together because I was usually the guy that was picked last myself. It so. would <laughs> be interesting to see today who would be picked last, but uh, I feel like my picks this week are going to go 4-0 again. And I would be dreadfully, dreadfully wrong. I almost, I almost did go all away teams after going all home teams this past week, but ah. But with Bo's health being in question and being in Saskatchewan at the backup quarterback, I just couldn't talk myself into Calgary.
0: Couldn't pull the trigger in that one. Huh? Nope. Yeah. See, that'll be my excuse for picking Ottawa. Actually, yeah, I couldn't pick couldn't pick all the way teams uh right all right well um i have no words of wisdom i'm an alouettes fan i turned to my friends at alouettes flight tech also a member of the canadian football podcast network asked him what is an alouettes fan to do he told me um drink and i think on that note this alouettes fan will close the Rouge white blue cfl podcast for my co-host joe pritchard i'm Oz Davis. Enjoy the games this weekend again, again to our American listeners. Happy Fourth of July. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.